Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, and joined by my lovely wife. She's a little gimped up, Miss Southern Shell. Shell, how are you feeling? I'm good. What's going on? You want to tell everybody what's going on in case there's any questions? <laughs> I know I can see you on camera that you didn't got a, something on your arm there. Um, I broke my wrist. What was you doing? Uh, it was... A, a crazy go karting accident. Let me t- let me, let me tell you go-karting. what I think happened. I think it was Black Friday. <laughs> you were shopping. Blue plate was there was the last jar of blue plate, and you got to throwing bows and broke your arm on something. That's a better story than <laughs> what be- actually happened. <laughs> That's a better story. We'll go with that. Don't mess with Shell. She'll she'll throw she'll throw she'll throw bows. You should say the other one. Yeah. Uh, I tripped and fell. <laughs> tripped and fell. <laughs> so Thanksgiving was last week. We're back. We missed last week. We didn't do a podcast because we took off. We, uh, you know, everybody got off here at How to Barbecue Riot for Thanksgiving. It's a national holiday. It is. It's probably one of the better ones. Probably my favorite holiday. How many total turkeys did you end up cooking this season? Oh, man. And I'm including turkey breasts, too. Uh, Baker's dozen, maybe. I don't know. It's, it was a lot. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm, 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 I don't want to see any turkeys until I can get my revenge on them. Come, come spring turkey season. That's when I. That's when I get all the payback for having to cook all these turkeys and do all the recipes and stuff and the things I have to cook for Thanksgiving. I go out and I hunt them. <laughs> but you enjoy eating the turkey. Oh, I love turkey, you but just- I've had enough. Yeah, yeah. The, I, so I'm going to say this: the two best ones. Well, the spatchcock turkey that we did the short video with, where it squirted, squirted out. Oh yeah, that one. That one was fire. I don't know why that one was so much better than the rest of them. I really don't. That's how I did it for Thanksgiving. Did yours turn out that yeah. good? Everybody loved it. It was super juicy. I I think I finally hit what y'all run into. Where like I was tired of turkey. Like I didn't. Yeah. I was. It was. It tasted good. It just. It was more yeah. turkey. So that turkey. And I cooked a whole turkey uh, for Thanksgiving from when my parents came, and for some reason that bird was beautiful. Uh, you know, that was get, the prettiest turkey you've cooked all. You know what? I did less to that turkey. I I pretty much brined it for two days, pulled it out of the brine early that morning, let it dry a little bit. Mm-hmm. I didn't inject it. I just seasoned it with AP and King Crawl. I only threw lemons in the cavities. That, that's all we had. That's all we had. Yeah, because yeah, we were down in the farm. And I put it on the pit and cooked it. It cooked exactly three hours, and I put it in a pan and then set it in a in a, just a island breeze cheap Walmart cooler. Put a little aluminum foil over the top, and I had the lid rigged you- so little air could get in it, so it wouldn't just sealed off. Oh, okay. And it sat there for two hours, and I think that's why it was so good—the two-hour rest in that cooler. But you didn't put the foil down. To no, that. I didn't wrap it. You I just kind of took it. a piece of foil big enough to drape over it, and because because. The reason why is because when you put something in a cooler like that that's that hot, it's going to make a lot of moisture on that lid. And that bird was so pretty that I didn't want that moisture, you know, dripping yeah. down on it and messing up the skin. So It'll I just make the skin wrinkly. But the skin, when we took it out, Waylon was there for Thanksgiving. He car he always carves the turkey and he carved it. And I was trying the skin. The skin was awesome on that turkey. Was it crispy? Yeah, it was still. Ha- I mean, yeah, as crispy yeah. as you could get yeah. it. But it, the wings were pretty, really crispy. But the the skin over the breast and stuff was perfect, and that one and the the breast that Kevin sends me from the butcher shop in Pensacola, I'm telling y'all, he he, may, he probably doesn't have, he probably sold out of them. If he gets more for Christmas, y'all need to try that. They are awesome. That's the only other turkey that I would be willing to cook. Well, there's nothing to for next Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You just pull it out of a package. You can inject it. I could. Would you brine though? Them. No, I don't. I don't do anything to them. I take them out and they're so it's two giant breasts boneless but it has the skin all over it and i take that skin off and separate it into two big halves like a right half and a left half breast you kept saying imagine how big this turkey i know it's got to be it's got to be a 35 40 pound bird walking around you know what i mean how big was the breast like 20 pounds no they're probably they're probably every bit of eight to ten pounds, eight to ten pounds of solid oh. turkey meat that that's no waste, and it doesn't shrink up that much when you cook it. Is that like the whole breast or half a breast? It's a half. Okay. Yeah, I would think the whole thing. Now, I mean, well, I might be exaggerating a little, but it's way. It's at least six to eight pounds each one. 
Each it one. feels like. It feels like. I've they're never. Huge. They're yeah, huge. they're huge. Yeah. They're huge. Anyway, so what'd you do? Sorry to interrupt. Oh, all I do to them is same AP and Cajun and King Crawl. And I put it up. Usually what I do is I start them out on a rack and I'll cook it about an hour and 15 minutes till the outside kind of sits. So that seasoning sits on it. It's not, I can't just wipe it off with my finger anymore. And then I'll tear out me a crisscross double uh, aluminum foil layer, take a stick of butter and slice it in half and lay it down. And then I'll, I'll take that turkey breast and flip it over skin. Uh, what well, was the skin side? There ain't no skin on it, but seasoning side down on that breast, put me a probe in it, wrap it up tight, and I just cook it till it's 160. And then I take it off and rest it. And then when you flip it back over, that butter is just melted all over the top of it. I save that stuff because that juice that comes out of that turkey is delicious. And that way, when you flip it over and you slice it, you can drizzle a little bit of that back over it. Mm-hmm. But it's, I've still got probably. I don't know, a third of one of those breasts left that I've been eating on this week. Just if I need some extra protein or something, I'll go get me a slice of turkey. I have to just get it's a slice so good. Of turkey. I mean, it's just, it's better than any deli turkey that you'll oh, buy. Yeah, I don't know. It's not going to be cheaper, but like it's got to be better for you. These organic, free range, Tyrannosaurus turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> you also cooked a ham. I cooked a ham. We had to have a ham. Good. I still got some of the ham left. What was the best thing you ate all weekend? I'm talking like the. It doesn't have to be Thanksgiving. It can be best bite of the holidays. Yeah, of the Thanksgiving holiday. Oh man, that's tough. There were so many good things. It was. It might be your sweet potatoes. It might be my mom's green beans or llama beans. I had a piece of pecan pie that was fire. I didn't. I didn't have any pecan pie. I was good. I didn't have any. I limited to my desserts to a a sugar-free lemon ice box that was delicious that my sister-in-law made me. Deviled eggs. I I, I don't know how many deviled eggs I ate. <laughs> I would just go by I and pop couple, them. During the yeah. egg bowl, I ate one every quarter. <laughs> That's why I would miss one because I, I ate a deviled egg every quarter for the egg bowl. Yeah, congratulations on your team winning the egg bowl. It was a mighty victory. <laughs> it was not. It was, it, was a, it, was, it, was it was a sad little. Game. It was a sad. I wouldn't say it was a high scoring game. No, it was a. It was an egg bowl. It wasn't the best one I ever seen, but they come out with a W. Just hope they get a decent bowl game now. Yeah, they should. They should. Real quick, who are you picking for national title? Oh, Georgia. They're going to beat Bama in the championship this weekend. Uh, oh, yeah, the, uh, that's what I thought you were asking me. Oh, no. I definitely think that they're going to beat Alabama. I think they in beat the Michigan if they. That's the. Uh, yeah, I do think they would. That's the game I want to see. Michigan I want to see Michigan, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. I hope it's it going to be a good game. game. I think Florida State's, they're, they're done. Their quarterback's out, unfortunately. Yeah, they're, that game was terrible. I don't think Oregon or Washington could hang with Michigan or Georgia. So the I think Bowl. Alabama would beat any of those teams. Alabama may not beat Georgia or Michigan, but I think they would beat any. That's your top any three of the teams. Other to me. Yeah. yeah. And I'd put on Miss Fourth. Well, the, <laughs> <laughs> the Iron Bowl was a good game. Man, he was crazy. I don't know what Saban does, or what kind of deals he contracts he signed with somebody. <laughs> but to pull that out, what are they calling it? The what's that play they ran? They said the I forget what it's called, but man, they got they got so lucky. Fourth and thirty one, and got a touchdown. I was cheering for Auburn the whole time. I, I was cheering against Alabama the whole time. <laughs> the yeah. Whole time. <laughs> you know, I love. What was the video you showed me? It was it was to the Grinch and it, it had the music of the Who's all swaying and it was the Auburn fans and it was like, and it said when the Grinch comes and steals your Iron Bowl victory at the last second that was a good TikTok <laughs> um you got a Brio fire pit yeah man oh I forgot about the steaks we cooked on that down there so what is a, this so Brio is a smokeless fire pit what, what makes it smokeless. Oh, did you see that Snoop Dogg thing? <laughs> yeah, where he quit smoking. <laughs> yeah. He went to smoke the fire pit. Yeah. I knew that had to be something. I did I either figured he was going all gummy or edible, <laughs> or he was pitching something. It was but good advertising. It was great though. advertisement. I don't know which one he did. Solo, solo stove. stove. Yeah, yeah, it's just a Brio and a solo stove are pretty similar. Did think, you see uh, Matt Pittman did? Kind of did a take on that. Oh, did he? He goes smokeless with a fried turkey. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. I did see that. That was good too. That was real good. Uh, but no, it's a it's basically a fire pit, but it's kind of double layered and it's got all these holes in it to where the air 
pulls down through the sides of the fire pit to put oxygen in the fire so it doesn't so once you get it going as long as the wood's like below the level of the fire pit it doesn't smoke it just puts off heat and fire Huh. So that's what makes it smokeless, but it's still, it's still smoke. When you started, yeah. ours was smoking. I mean, unless I, we were doing it wrong, we burned a bunch of wood down. So we, we started with like a split oak wood for the fireplace um, that I, I got for our you know, outdoor fireplace down there. And then we, it's got these cooking grates that are kind of on metal rods and you can swing them. Yeah. There's yeah. two different levels of cooking grates for this Brio and basically you build your fire and you get your hot coals going and you can add more wood to it and burn them down. And then you swing your grates over it, and you can go to cook it. I mean, you can use it, sit around, hang out, just like a fire pit. You want to roast marshmallows, whatever you want to do. Can you take those cooking grates off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They okay. come, they come off. The rod, you just lift them off the rod, and the whole thing comes off, and it's just a fire pit at that. So are they like a attachment that you buy? Yeah, they are. Okay. It's an accessory. An accessory. And they, they also make like those. Um, I think it's got a Sato cross or something like that. You've seen them. It's like the oh yeah, and they they're made they're made to go in the sides of that brio and lock in, so you can cook. Uh, tied up animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they were doing, so when I first saw them, we were at Mossy Oak. They had a big fundraiser down uh Mossy Oak and, uh, and was at West Point mm-hmm. Mississippi. And we, me and Mikey went to it and they had all, they had a dozen of them Brio fire pits out there. And I met the guys from Brio, but I'd met them at Memphis and May previously. And um, they had to load, they were going to have to dump all the coals out and load them up and take them on back to where I guess they're from up somewhere up here i think maybe pennsylvania or somewhere but they were going to, have to take them back and so they were people that were standing around there watching still hanging out they were like y'all want a fire pit and i was like man yeah i want a fire pit were you kidding i can use that thing i can cook and i can even do some videos on it so that was my plan so we brought it down to camp and it's a man it's awesome i wish so it comes like you can't you can, it's made to sit on the ground but they said don't set it directly on concrete unless you have the little stand for it do you have the so I have thing? the little stand so we can put it right on the concrete. But what would make it really cool is if it had little casters on the bottom of that stand that you could lock so you could roll it out. Because I have another little concrete walkway to go from the house to the smokehouse. And we put it, just set it out on that walkway. So we had to pick it up and move everything. But if yeah. you had it on little casters, you could just roll it up under to keep it out of the elements when you're not using it. And then roll it back out there and lock it in place when you're ready to use it. And put your chairs out there and all your cooking stuff and just have a big time. Could you use it inside your smokehouse area where you have that evac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely could. Yeah. yeah, it's no different. It's not putting off any more smoke than say probably not near as much as as the crank it up, the Santa Maria style grill. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because it's just an open fire. I mean, it, it's not gonna smoke any more than a Weber when you get it going. So y'all set it up and did some. We cooked two nights on it. First night, I bought. A certified Angus beef whole ribeye. You didn't tell me it was CAB beef. Yeah, I went to Superlow and got it in South Haven. How much was that? I don't know. It was like 200 bucks. Something. I mean, it ain't cheap, but I, we got like 14 steaks out of yeah. it. So do the math on that. What do you think 14 really good ribeyes would cost at the grocery store? That'd be, you know, 280 bucks. No wonder them steaks were so good. Oh, yeah, they were melted <laughs> in the mouth. So we hand cut them the thickness that we wanted. Mark seasoned them up, and he ran the brio that night. We we uh, so we had a big steak. We made Como Steakhouse is kind of a little famous steakhouse. It's a local famous steakhouse here in North Mississippi. It's in Como, Mississippi, and we usually go there the Friday before rifle season, just as a group of hunters. You know, it's kind of our tradition, or it has been for the past three or four years. And this year, we decided we were just going to duplicate our steak dinner at the house. So we did. The fried deep fried pickle spear appetizers. We did a sausage and cheese plate. They're you know they have these really good like cooked down mushrooms, and we did those. And then we did baked potatoes, and we did ribeye steaks, and we also did also had a a whole beef tenderloin in the freezer here at the shop. And I took it down there and sliced it up and made big fillets. So we had fillets and ribeye. It was it was a steakathon. <laughs> <laughs> you missed out. I'm sorry. That. All my favorite things are I know. There. I tried to get you to come. You're like, no, it's just a bunch of guys down there. I went to, I was on a trip. Yeah, you did. You yeah. went on a girl's trip. But Como can't hang with us, Jack. Mm-hmm. I promise you, it was that good. We put the hurting on some, and it was only like nine of us. So we had a whole ribeye and a whole beef tenderloin cut up into steaks, and there were nine people. <laughs> and we all made it to the stand the next morning, too. 
We didn't shoot anything. Y'all didn't have that much left over. Y'all didn't have very much. Uh, no, we had so we had yeah we had a good bit left over. Um, we ate okay. on steak all weekend, but we'd eat it for lunch. So we took one day one lunch, we cut it up and made steak steak quesadillas, and then we used it to make like steak and gravy one night. So we I mean we we still eat on yeah. it. I didn't, I, there wasn't any left. We didn't throw any away. I got a little sample on Sunday. Well, the next night, let me tell you about the next night. We still had all these steaks that we cooked the night before in the refrigerator, but we wouldn't go and reheat them for dinner. We fired that brio up again, and we bought, Bart brought these. He's been buying them at the local butcher shop here in town, but it's a- What's the name of that butcher shop? Primo's. Primo's. In Hernando on Highway 51 South. I need to go check out Frankie. He's got some awesome stuff, too. But it's right around the, it's not far from our house. Like it's, it's probably the closest thing you could buy something at from our house. Probably. Closer than the gas station. I got a button out. Who was smart enough to do that? Put a gas station close to my house. That was, that was genius. I mean, not Eat a gas butcher station, shop. a butcher yeah. shop. Yeah. If I can get a seafood shop, oh, it's on. I may never move. That may just be the, my final resting place living right there. But we bought, They ha, he sells these bone-in pork loins, and he cuts them up into thick chops at the shop. You can go in there and just buy a chop. What's a super thick-cut chop? I I'd say, say one and a half, two. Yeah, not not quite two inches, but right in you know a big a bone with meat on meat both sides of the bone, and then but we didn't drop any. I mean, they're they're super thick chops. They're as thick as a steak. And he bought the whole. Yeah, he bought the whole the whole rack, and then cut them up himself because I guess the chine bone had already been cut off these, and they're I mean they're not Frenched or anything, but it's you get a good piece of bone to gnaw when you cook them, and that's why everything Frankie sells steak wise is bone in. Because he says bone-in steaks taste so much better than boneless. And I don't disagree with him. There's something about having that bone. It's not as pretty, but you think about a big old tomahawk bone, that meat gnawing around it. I mean, you're paying for the bone. That's true. But you're also gaining the flavor of having it on the bone and all that that goodness that leaches out of that bone as it cooks. And I think it keeps the meat juicier being on the bone like that. The problem I always have is you don't get the great grill marks. Yeah, because they don't lay as flat. You sacrifice a little bit of appearance. Well, our brio, even the steaks and the pork chops, they weren't, I wouldn't say they were like steakhouse pretty with the diamond mark. We wouldn't go in for that. We're cooking them over open fire on an expanded metal grate. That's what's on that brio. And it it just, it gets so much caramelization. You get so much of that, uh, you know, delicious crust on the outside from your seasonings. I don't think you miss it by just having, you know, like restaurant look or whatever. So you're using just wood, no charcoal? Yeah, yeah, no charcoal at all. Hey, do you feel like Mark may have put some royal oak in there at first just to get it going? Because we didn't have we didn't use kindling or anything, but he used a couple of tumbleweeds and a little royal oak to get a base, and then started putting woods on it and burnt that down. We burnt the, we burnt. I don't know how much wood we burned. So I guess the wood becomes your charcoal. Yeah, it does. We burned. We made a whole base. You could have cooked on the pit all night. We had so many good hot coals in there. It's a fast cook, really, on it when you go to cook it that hot. But with that upper grate on it, you can move the stuff up and slow it and swing it out, so it's just getting residual heat. But we anyway, did, back to your pork chops. They're larded pork loins. What is I don't mean? know exactly what that means, but I can tell you what it looks like. They have ribbons of fat. You would think it's like prime pork because I guess they're doing something to it where they're either injecting. They got to be injecting it some kind of way in this pork. But I've seen people like. On social media, been cook- they've been cooking these in uh, contests like these, like GBAs or these other associations where they have a pork category. And let and, me tell you, that is the juiciest, la- I mean, most flavor pork chop I have ever ate in my life. I like and I don't know what they're doing. to I don't know exactly what they're doing to it. It ain't natural. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say they were all natural pork chops. They're putting more fat in a pork chop. Is Frankie doing that? No, now? no, no. He's getting it. So it's, it's like a supplier's doing that. Yeah. Man, I wish I could remember what brand it was. I don't think it's Smithfield. But it's it's one of the so it's bigger name factory. brands. Yeah, 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 yeah. It may be Prairie Fresh, maybe. I don't, I'm not positive. Don't quote me on the brand that's doing it. I don't know where you can get them besides Frankie. You'll really. find that out. Yeah, yeah I'll find Somebody will let us know. If y'all know what the deal is with that, it's probably, and if it's bad for me, I don't care. Don't tell me. Just no, you tell me. I want to know. I want to know what it is. What's that process of getting that it? pork chop yeah. to that? Because man, it is fine. Don't eat it every day, but man, after you eat a whole ribeye and a whole beef loin, go ahead and eat it. You also did a rack of lamb. We also did three racks of lamb with that pork. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. It was a man. 
you ain't we may not kill the biggest deer we may not kill the most deer we may not stay in the stand very long but i bet you we eat better than any deer camp around i agree i would say it is better food for sure yeah it's definitely beer camp (laughs) (laughs) food camp yeah y'all do i pride myself in having food that good where we hang out you know what i mean yeah Cause it's social to me. I mean, I, yeah, of course I'd like to kill a big deer, but we got deer season's long in Mississippi. It's gonna go all the way to the end of January, so we, we're gonna probably put on some weight. You got to lean down before you go into <laughs> deer season to put on that winter weight. All them beers and all the steak, <laughs> yeah. Gold tops. I even had some camo can bush lights. <laughs> <laughs> so I showed up Sunday. Y'all had cooked steaks on Friday night, pork loin and. Uh, I made a chimichurri. I used that same chimichurri that I had the tri-tip. Yeah. So you had so we, you had all that left over. I guess the lamb, there wasn't any lamb left. No, there wasn't any lamb left over. But oh, steak's one of my favorite things ever. And I'm not that crazy about pork chops. But that pork chop. And I was just eating the a few bites of meat out of the, free, out of the refrigerator called. That pork chop was the best bite. It was still good, wasn't it? Was it was so good. I mean... I can't imagine what if it, what what it would taste like when it first came out oh, fire. I was I was thir- Mark told me he been they've been telling me about these for a few weeks and I just never tried on it. Yeah, because it's pork chop. Yeah, it's pork chop. <laughs> I know that's what I said. It's pork chop. Yeah. Man, how good it's pork compared chop. to oh, really? beef like steak, yeah. especially. It's not even. I like when I see it on a menu. I never order that at a steakhouse ever. Me. Do, has there ever been a time where you've ordered the pork chop over a ribeye? Heck no. Oh, I can cook that at home, you know? We can get some grease hot and I can fry that, yeah. you know? It's a pork chop. I'd order that pork chop, though, if I knew it was going to taste like too. that. What'd y'all season it with? Man, it, Mark, it was pretty simple. Um, it was. I think it was like he used grind. Wait, is it grit? No, he used grit. I think he even put a, a little of the chimichurri on it to kind of give it a little herb. And it's it's basically salt, pepper, garlic. That's yeah. the main flavor that you use. You could I don't think you'd go wrong with it. There wasn't any like barbecue rub or anything mm-hmm. like that on it. It was more of a steakhouse, a fire pit style grilling. But eating the meat around that bone, that was good. It was so good. It was so good. I almost drove back to town to see if I could get one for Thanksgiving <laughs> to cook that. And if I didn't have to cook the turkey and the ham, we would have had that. And I bet. You did I mean, for Christmas. I, that's what I was thinking. Do some of those for Christmas. Your family would love <clears throat> it. This is really, really good. So, um, you want to talk about Memphis and May? Oh, we've got some controversy in the M town. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody knows that Memphis and May announced that Memphis and May is the World, world Championship Champion- of Pork. World Championship Pork Cooking Barbecue Contest of the World because the world needs more barbecue contests. <laughs> and it's been around for. Since you know, late 70s, 70, 79, yeah, something like yeah. that. And Long they, time. And they've done it at Tom Lee Park for the past forever. Every year except for two. One was a flood and one was because of construction. And then COVID, they didn't have it. Then we went back to the park for one year. Which is last year. The park said they did over a million dollars in damages. <laughs> and so Memphis and May, and I guess whoever, the Riverfront development, whoever that is, the Memphis City, they kind of butted heads and said, well, we're not. We're not having it at Tomley Park anymore. Probably never again as Memphis and May. And so Memphis and May is going to, they didn't know where they were going to have it after they said they were going to have it. Well, they sent out applications. They made an announcement. It's going to be back at Tiger Lane, which is the fairgrounds in Memphis, which is still inside the city limits. Which is where they had it two years ago. It's the two locations they have used previously when they've had to move it. And so they sent out applications. They got their date set, and it's open now. If you want to go cook Memphis and May, you can get your application in, sign up, and there's still going to be a contest. But last week, it was announced that there's a new contest going to be at Tom Lee Park, and I think it's the same weekend or same close weekend. to the same weekend. They're calling it Mempho Barbecue Fest, <laughs> which is going to be different. And so they're going to – they're going to be fighting for teams, I guess, and seeing what happens. But here, okay, so I have no insight. All I know is what I've seen, and most of it has been from Action News 5 or Fox 13 or some local. <laughs> or gossiping on Facebook. Or gossiping on yeah. Facebook. There's been no, like, super official stuff other than they do have some Memphis, uh, Memphis and May super veterans that are helping with this other contest that have announced, you know, they, they love Memphis and May, but they're ready to 
to go a different thing. angle and try something new. Really? <clears throat> so I'm going to speculate as to what's I going to I want to know what's your speculation because I got one too. So here's what I think. Memphis, well, one, they're they're on the outs with Memphis and May. Those, yeah. two, those two people do not like each other. The city of Memphis and the organization of Memphis I don't think they May. like each other very much. No. I think so, it's been building for a while. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. But they want to do something. That, and Memphis and May has always had, they, they brought a lot of ton of tourism to Memphis. You know, no doubt. And there's fans and stuff that come and come to the barbecue, but they really don't have great interaction. So I understand why somebody would want to step in and create an event that was more geared towards the fan interaction. Or, or the so, people coming to eat barbecue. Yeah, people coming to eat barbecue. That's what I call a fan. Maybe yeah. not fan, but, you know. What would you know, call that? The, an attendee? Attendee, yeah, yeah. More attendee. So so when you see these big events in cities that draw hundreds of thousands, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people, it's events where people come and they get tickets and they get to eat all the barbecue. And so here's, and most of the time, those aren't centered around a huge barbecue competition. Mm-hmm. They are having a barbecue comp, but it's usually 10 to 15 teams, maybe 20, and they're more vending barbecue or cooking barbecue for the masses. And it's to see how much these teams, money they can raise to, um, you know, usually to see who's the winner is. And they usually turn in something and somebody picks a winner. And then they announce it, and then everybody floods that booth. Think of these big rib fests. You've probably seen them on TV, like the Reno Rib Cook-Off or whatever. But there's there's several of them now. Like St. Louis has one, Q in the Lou. There's uh, the Windy City Smokeout. There used there's to be one in Denver. There's, yeah, Mile yeah, High or yeah. something. There's, so several of these cities are doing it, and they're attracting tons of people. It's very similar to what New Orleans does with uh, Hogs for the Cause. Kind of, yeah, along that way. Now, Hogs for the Cause is a little different because they do have a ton of teams. Yeah. So what? So I'm speculating that that stop this event, this Mempho Fest or whatever it's going to be called, the Mempho Barbecue Fest, is going to be something along those lines, where there's more public interaction, where people are definitely going to eat barbecue presented by each team. You're not going, or you're going to have the option to, mm-hmm. and then they're going to have some kind of a competition to where one of the teams can win. So there's going to be that element to it. And I don't think it's for fundraising. It's probably for profit because it costs so much for them to have an event there. They're going to have to do something to raise the, raise the money. But if it works, you're going to have an emission price, and then either the emission price will be low enough that you can afford to buy something from each booth, or it's going to be uh, you pay a higher dollar amount, you get in, and you just get to go eat, and then you probably vote for your favorite one, or they're going to figure out. I don't, I don't know how they're going to work it because of what they're doing now. They've asked some of these teams and some other people in barbecue, and I didn't get asked. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they've asked them to put their input so they can design a contest. So is it a bad thing? I don't think so. I, don't think I think so what really what should have happened was Memphis and May should have figured out a way to do this a long time ago, and they would have had the premier barbecue event in the world. Yeah. Because you look at all the even Australia's doing it with these live meat stocks. Well, I want to go doing, to meat stock. I mean, they're doing all kinds of things like that. And people, I mean, barbecue's super, super popular. Yeah. I mean, so why would people not want to draw that crowd and feed off that and spread the word more than being an event to where it's exclusive? To where, yeah, you can come, but you got to stand on the sidewalk and watch if you don't know somebody. Or Yeah, that's the thing about Memphis May is every team has a booth, and it's a private booth. You yeah. can't just walk in there unless you're personally invited. Mm-hmm. So a lot of attendees at Memphis May walk around, and they can't eat the barbecue. They can't interact with anybody. They can't. There's not anything for them to do. Other than buy corn dogs and yeah. whatever booths they, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. what other vendors they have there. So the deal's always been, well, it's a health department issue. Teams can't, you know, we can't have teams just giving stuff to the public yeah, because it's a liability. But so what they'll do, so what happens with that, I think, and they're going to have to work with the local health department, but but whatever teams are in there, they're going to have to make sure they're up to standard. So that's going to be a challenge, but that's also going to eliminate the average guy because he don't have or doesn't have the food service training, doesn't have the insurance, liability insurance, because I imagine each team has to carry some. And I'm... I think you might be going a little too far. Well, I'm right? just, this is like yeah. if you were really think tanking it and sitting down and trying to draw out possible scenarios or there's cover just, all your bases type stuff. There's just so many events that do it. I'm sure they figured yeah. it out at other I'm, places. I'm yeah. imagine both of them. But, well, if you look at some of these events, I know some person, I know personally some people that do, that do those events and they're usually geared with the restaurant. It's a barbecue team. Yeah. But they're geared with another restaurant. It's not many just like, 
hey, we're a group of buddies and we just want to see if we can cook yeah. the best barbecue. Yeah. No, it takes it. You got to imagine if you're cooking, you know, well, I don't know, four or five hundred slabs of ribs over the course of a couple of days. You got to have it. the equipment to do it. You got to have the manpower to do it. It's not just one head cook and a bunch of chief drinkers. You know, it's it, this is work. This is that people put in effort to do those. So in those big events, it's going to take a lot more. And that, but I think that's what would fit in that part. Now they've downscaled the park so much; it's just not conducive to do that Memphis and May, multi, you know, yeah, several hundred teams. team event anymore. Yeah. So they're going to scale it down to where they can get more people in there, and they can have a few teams or something like that. But I don't know. This is all me. I don't. I don't have any insight. That's a, that's just speculation. So. Let's do a How to Barbecue Ride event like that. <laughs> I'd love to. Actually, uh, I would love to do a How to Barbecue Ride event with Meet Dave and do a kind of a comedian and oh, yeah, barbecue pair, event. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to kick that around. Yeah, see I've what been we thinking about like, it. Bring in a comedy, like several comedians, and then pair mm-hmm. it with some barbecue one day or something like that. I heard about that last week or yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. It's, I'm down. It's in my... Think It's in your brain? It's, it's in there. <laughs> It's got the cogs churning. You know, I like to bite off more than I could chew a lot of times. <laughs> I just need some sponsors like Blue Plate. <laughs> Speaking of Blue Plate, <laughs> how much Blue Plate did you use over the Thanksgiving holidays? I'm good for at least a jar. <laughs> I'm good for at least a jar. I used some of them. Oh, I did make mac and cheese ago on that, uh, with that steak dinner we did. Homemade. We made homemade mac and cheese. Not not the casserole time, but it was the... Oh, like you, you make made a roux, roux and you, you make a cheese, cheese sauce. sauce and you boil your noodles and you put them over it and it's cheesy and creamy and you don't have to bake it and put the topping on it. It was awesome. It did have some blue plate in it. I think mayonnaise. Double eggs have blue plate If in. you're not adding ma- blue plate mayonnaise to your uh, mac and cheese. You made mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. It was dang good. I know you had some blue plate in there. I guess. It's part of the recipe. It makes it creamy. It makes it, gives it a little zestiness. I'm not saying you add a bunch. Just, just enough. Just enough. enough. Um, yeah, I used at least a jar. We're good for it. Oh, I didn't include turkey sandwiches. <laughs> Rolls and turkey with blue plate. I didn't include all that. Does that count? No. That's just general consumption. That's just general. It's just a condiment at that point. It's not an ingredient. <laughs> when, does man, when does blue plate become an ingredient? That's a good question. Do you have if it's to, part of the recipe. It's part of the recipe. Yeah. Like if it's just going on a sandwich, it's really it's just a condiment. Yeah. But if you're putting it in in the dish that you're preparing, I guess whether it's cold or hot. Yeah, if you're putting it in your chili, it's a con- condiment. If you're putting <laughs> it on your black eyed peas, condiment. What if you're making a condiment out of it? Like it goes into like a Dijon. That's mix a dish, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, then it's okay. an ingredient. Cool. Like my blue ranch, <laughs> like my blue ranch, I make for wings. Yeah, that, that's more of an ingredient instead of. Then it's an ingredient. Yeah. Do you consider <laughs> Do you consider blue cheese dressing or ranch dressing? A condiment when you're eating wings? Because it's really a side to me. You've got to have it. Like a dip. Yeah. yeah. It's more of a dip. Yeah. It's more of a dip, a dip. Which would be a condiment, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's an condiment. A dip's not a condiment. I feel like there's a dip. Dip is a dish. I feel like there's blue cheese dip and then there's a blue cheese dressing and they're yeah. just different. So I, I'm going to go... Right. I'm gonna go That's condiment. True. That's true. So the 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 so it's a the dip the dip that I make like for wings, I do not make a dressing. I hate a runny dressing. Yeah, you want it. I thick. like a. I want my wing. If I stick it in there, it's gonna stand up. It's a dip or the celery. It's gonna dip it. I'm not drizzling on anything. I know we've talked about this before, but real quick, give your blue cheese ranch recipe, which is kind of technically yeah. mine, but it is. I stole <laughs> you stole it. it. One cup of sour cream. Well, the most important part, one cup of blue plate mayonnaise. Real mayonnaise, quality since 1927. If you're choosing mayonnaise this weekend. One cup of daisy sour cream. And any other brand of sour cream will work. I don't partial to one. I am. Which one do you like? If you use store-bought sour cream, it's runnier. I don't know why. It's one of those things that you have to buy the the name brand. I've got a tip for that. When you pick up your sour cream at the store... Shake that little cup. If it's sloshy, don't buy it. You want a solid one to feel solid in there. This guy, this guy. (laughs) It's just like, I feel like you have so many shopping hacks, man. (laughs) 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 Like, I can see why you spend hours in the store. (laughs) Imagine trying to live up to his standards. They're not standards. It's just common sense. (laughs) This is like, (laughs) that's to me, that's common sense. That's common sense. <laughs> Shake your sour cream before you put it in your buggy. I think 
think you have. Nobody one. else does that. <laughs> no. I don't care if it's French onion dip. It's a good, it's a have good you ever dip. bought a, fr- a runny ranch or French onion dip or green onion dip? Yeah. There's the runny ones suck. <laughs> you want the ones that are solid when you shake them. I don't want to open that lid up and I got to pour off all this juice and then it's all loose in there like it got too hot on the truck ride over to the Kroger. <laughs> I'm right. Tell You're me I'm not wrong. wrong. <laughs> I need you to start doing like like training exercises at Kroger for the click list people. <laughs> How to, oh yeah, no, they could definitely use it. Don't even get him started on the click list uh, people. They'll put anything. That's why I don't do click list. They'll bring you the greenest, but I don't even know bananas were that green when they popped out of the banana tree. They're as green as this bush behind me here. And I was like, man, you don't, you don't, who buys up kind of bananas? They did bring green bananas. This you day. can't eat them for three weeks. It's like, if I want to eat a banana today, heck no, man, I'd be, I'd run right through you. It's for uh, banana bread for Christmas. It's got to be. You're gonna, they might be ready by Christmas. We've got a month on those, a chef life of green banana. I don't know how long it is. Yeah, how long is that? I don't know. I'm going to have to put them in a brown paper bag with with a potato or whatever makes them ripen when you do it. They pull those jokers real early. And then the little they, chiquita's a baby on the sticker. She ain't even a woman yet. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't joking. So real quick, let's go through it. Mayonnaise, so, one cup of mayonnaise. Cup of cup of. A cup of cup. Cup of cup of. Cup of mayonnaise, cup of sour cream packet of ranch hidden valley ranch dressing the dip mix and then four ounces of crumbled blue cheese and or you can buy the little block and crumble it yourself but i really do i usually buy it in the tub already crumbled and if you can find out put, murray's brand murray's is yeah, really, good. really good then i put you usually put a couple dashes of hot sauce some cranks of hot pepper or black pepper fresh cracked it's, you don't really need salt in it so i wouldn't put like ap or extra salt taste it and if you think it needs salt but that hidden valley ranch pack's got so much salt in it that you really don't need it but you got to mix it all up, and then it's you can't eat it for at least an hour. It needs to sit, but usually a couple hours is best. But That's it. It's easy. It's like the best blue cheese dressing ever. Ever. It's so good. And it's a dip. It's not a dressing. Yeah. You, you can, can put it dip. on a salad, though. It's not bad. It'd be pretty thick. but You have to put your salad in a bowl, put some of that, and toss. Yeah. yeah. It's like a dress, pre-dressed salad. That's how I like to do salad anyway. This kind of... Is perfect for my next topic, Christmas party food. Christmas party food. So this week you did a um, crab dip. Crab dip. Fancy Cajun crab dip. It's, man, you know what makes that so fancy? Expensive lump crab. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all ever bought lump crab in a little cup at Kroger? The good stuff. It's high. It's like eighteen ninety nine a little cup. When I said I was going to do a crab dip, I should have changed that to like shrimp or something else. (laughs) Imitation crab. Yeah, imitation crab. But I've bought the fancy lump crab. It's a. Uh, it's and been put, rinsed and picked. I picked an extra picket just in case there's any shells in it. And you put like two pounds of it. Yeah, no, it was like it was like or a uh, pound. There's six ounce cups, and I put three because I really, I really was gonna put uh, sixteen ounces, which would be two cups, but it don't math out like that. So I used three cups. So it's eighteen ounces of lump blue crab, but it it was dead. I mean, it was a lot of crab. But if I'm eating a fancy crab dip, I want a lot of crab in it. I don't want to just be eating blue plate and sour cream, cream yeah. cheese. But that's all you do. You take room temperature, uh, cream cheese. And I saw, I did see it. This ain't my hack, Tyler, but I saw this hack on TikTok. If you're in a hurry to get room, uh, blue, uh, cream cheese, room temp, Mm -hmm. get you a bowl of hot, hot water and don't unwrap the cream cheese, put it in there and just let it hang out for like 30 seconds to in the water, in the water, take it out. It's not good. The water doesn't get through the pack, but instantly, like in a minute, you have room temperature cream cheese that's perfect. Don't stick it in the microwave. Don't do any of that stuff. It'll melt too much. But that warm water gets it uh, right to room temperature in about a minute. Because that's true. If you put it in the microwave, it's going to get too runny. And then it doesn't mix yeah, well. Yeah, it doesn't mix well. But you know why you want room temperature? It'll mix. So it'll mix. Yeah. A stiff cream cheese right out of the refrigerator. It's hard. You're going to have to work that elbow. It's, it's and when you got tough. a broke arm, you can't do it. <laughs> you put it in a stand mixture, I guess. But you can't. It's so hard. I got to prop it up. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not just trying to show it off. Look at them fingers. You don't want that blood to pool. <laughs> but you mix up your room temperature cream cheese, about a third of a cup, quarter cup of mayo and and sour cream. And go ahead and get that mixed in. And then I hit it with some Worcestershire, some hot sauce. Got to season it with some Cajun seasoning. So I put the king crawl to it. A little bit of AP for some salt, pepper, garlic. You did uh, shallots. I did a I did a shallot. Like I just take 
I don't really measure a shallot. I just, my shallots are usually about golf ball size at Kroger. And I just take one of those and mince it up real fine and put that in there. And why do you do that? I just like the little texture it gives it and the little onion flavor, but it's a mild onion flavor. You know, shallot's kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. It's not super oniony. I mean, I guess you could use regular onion, but it'd be kind of strong. You'd have an onion dip then. Yeah, which, you'd almost you know, need to good, but. sweat it out a little bit. Yeah, if you're going to do that. But I don't. I didn't cook the shallot. It goes in raw because this thing's going to bake. And I take all that lump crab that we kind of picked through just to make sure there's no shells in it. Strain it real good because it's in some water, a little bit of juice. And then I fold that in. Once you get all that dressing part mixed up, the dip part, mix all that up really good first. And then put your crab over in it because you just want to gently fold the crab in because it'll break up. If you go to stirring it and stirring it and stirring it, it's going to, you know, you're not even going to know it's crab. It's going to just kind of shrink. You're not going to have the lump. But you want the lump pieces. So you fold that in. Before you start folding it, I take about a quarter of a fresh lemon and squeeze over it just to get a little acidity and to brighten it up a little bit. And that little the lemon goes awesome with crab. And so you fold that together and put it in a little greased uh, casserole baking dish and put it on the, uh, uh, I put it on the pellet grill at 350. You could throw it in the oven, whatever you want, but you need 350 for about 35, 40 minutes. It was golden and bubbly. It was golden and bubbly. It's, you know, use your, use your eyes on that. Every oven cooks a little different, but usually on the pellet grill, it's 45 minutes, 40, 45 minutes yeah. is perfect. And then serve it up with, uh, it's good with pita chips. It's good with toast, like, uh, you could use those little crostinis. Yeah, you could use like, Frito scoops. You could use whatever you wanted to serve it with. I like the little bread. Little Call toasted bread. Toasted bread. Yeah. yeah. Like a like French would, bread. Yeah, sliced like a thin. baguette, I guess. Yeah, baguette. That's yeah. it. But man, that's a great holiday party dip. It's a hot dip. It's a hot dip. Well, you need. Hot to cold. So my, my thing is you got to have two to three dips. If you're throwing a party, you need two to three dips. At least one hot, one cold. You're going to need some sort of slider or meat served alongside a bread. A roll. Yeah. A bread. And that needs to either be pork or beef. <laughs> this is my plate. No turkey here. No turkey here. Like well, it. then, but you also need chicken. And you can do like, you could even do like uh, chicken nuggets. Not nuggets, but you know. Like Chick-fil-A little Chick-fil-A, chicken bites? chicken bites. Popcorn chicken bites? Yeah, you can do any kind of chicken. Chicken, chicken skewers, wings. bacon wrapped chicken. What about chicken wings? You can do chicken wings. Uh, and then you need some sort of board, like a charcuterie board or meat and cheese or fruit board. A f- eh, who wants fruit? Yeah, it's a party we're talking about. I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> you know where the best place to go get cheese is for your cheese board, like in, in the meats. If you if you really want to get a bunch of stuff and do it cheap, Aldi. Aldi. If y'all are slipping on Aldi, man. Don't. Uh, we might want to take that out, Tyler. I don't want to go to Aldi and get all my stuff. <laughs> like, Man, where'd you get all this? Did you go to a fancy place? Yep. <laughs> it's German. <laughs> I love Aldi. Me too. I wish we had one in Hernando. Yeah. Me too, man. Or cold water or Cenotopia. They have good chicken salad. <clears throat> I get all kinds of good stuff at They've Aldi. Good little dips. and They deliver and they do quick click and pull too. You know what you're yeah. getting if you get somebody to click and pull your Aldi? They don't have as many selections for that person That's to true. get. I just don't know where they get the people. Because usually that store only has two. It's like a Dollar General. It's a shop. They only it's have like shopper. two people in there. They don't work for Aldi. It's oh, a, so it's like it's an like Instacart, Instacart shopper. It's yeah. not a, like Kroger has Kroger employees doing it. Yeah. I don't know. The ones that you see with the double stack blue baskets at Kroger, just man, they drive me crazy. The Instacart people working for tips, so they get they they're looking oh, out for you. They're yeah. not looking out for the you know. Phone. And I like that yeah. experience better because they text you. They don't have this. Would you like this or what do you think? I'm like I, I can talk to these people. You know? <laughs> Regular Kroger people aren't doing it. They're just going to be like substitute, and it's going to be something off the wall, or they're going to be like didn't have it. And I don't usually allow substitutions because you never know what you're going to get. That's true. Did you see that? I'm um, talking about charcuterie boards. Um, James posted a Christmas tree charcuterie. Do you see that? I did. Is that the one where somebody said I need to step my game up? Yes. Mm-hmm. Ah, they got me on that vertical one now. It looked good. So how do you think they do that? It's got like a cut. From what I'm thinking, it's like some kind of paper towel roll <laughs> or a Christmas paper roll, and they put aluminum foil around it that they can stick stuff to with a toothpick or something. I kind of thought it would be like a floral, one of those floral styrofoam, styrofoam yeah. thing. Yeah. Or some okay. sort of styrofoam thing. That would make sense. Could even be a block of cheese or just something that you could stick something in. That's a hell of a block of cheese. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a big block of cheese. Right. <laughs> I don't know, but it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. 
It reminded me of, uh, did y'all ever see the Swine Life video where he did the Christmas chub? Where yeah. It was kind of like a big old Christmas tree. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Mark did the, it was baloney. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Speaking of the community, did y'all see the guy that watched the podcast this year for like 2,088 minutes? He was like top 1% of the shout out. Man, what, <laughs> what was his name? Did you look that up? I, I saw that. Let me pull it up real quick. <clears throat> it is Elijah Poole, and I did the math, and that is 133 hours. Wow. I've listened. That's a lot of time on the road. <laughs> Moving America. That's crazy. I don't think anybody should listen to us that much. <laughs> it's pretty entertaining, I bet. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, man. Appreciate you listening like this. I'm sorry. Number one listener. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for what you hear. <laughs> We try. I will give it that. We try. So, um, you want to talk about your favorite Christmas party foods? I like them all, but yeah, you're all you're all over the place today. <clears throat> My favorite Christmas party food. Does Christmas tree dip count? <laughs> Christmas tree dip. It's not even cooked. I don't think <laughs> it didn't. Have y'all ever had that? It's really good. I have a thing for like Christmas trees, and you know I hadn't tried the chocolate one yet. Have you? Uh, no. <clears throat> I know you bought some, but they disappeared. Like they were up here. I saw them on the desk. Tyler, are you the one eating all the Christmas tree cake? <laughs> no, 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 no. There Hold was up. like box. There was a couple boxes of like regular three ones, boxes like the white it. ones, and then there was a couple boxes of the chocolate ones. And the chocolate one, I mean, all of them were gone, but I, I was like, man. So here's what happened. The the boxes were closed for like two days and nobody opened them. Nobody would touch them. And then I come in the kitchen. My son had beat me to the kitchen and he had already opened the box and took one out for him, one out for his brother. So yeah. I was like, okay, sure, that. you guys yeah. can have But they're eat. And then like two days later, I think we filmed, so I wasn't up here. We came back. They were gone. <laughs> so all, all, the, all the vultures in the office needed was for the box to get opened and then they were gone. You need to order a case of each. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I, I did order a few more boxes. Just they got to stock really yeah. quickly, you know, and they don't get any more in. So they're so good. So how do you make Christmas cake dip? I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty much cream cheese. Yeah, it's, blended Christmas tree cake. You break up them and then you stick and some maybe on a top milk. too, don't you? I, yeah. I wish I did. I've never. I had it for the first time. I think it was Claire Rodney's your college yeah. roommate brought it to a party. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> I mean, I could, it will make you sick, though. <laughs> you can get sick off Christmas tree cake. We did our dip contest last year, and it uh, it did not. Like, I entered it, but mine didn't turn out yeah. that good for some reason. Yeah, because I think we tried to make it at the house one time, and it, it was not right. Quite as it was good. not. It yeah. was not <laughs> the way Claire made it. <laughs> and when it sits, it starts to change like a pinkish yeah, color. Yeah, that's what crystal. ours looked like. I was like, this ain't, this ain't right. <laughs> but if it's fresh, it's good. Maybe it was a nailed it. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Huh. <laughs> it didn't look like Christmas tree cake, did it? <laughs> I wonder if you're supposed to like blend it. I'll research this. I'll let you know. You're going to perfect that for me for Christmas? Yes. That's the uh, one thing I want. I can handle that. <laughs> I think I can do. But you got to do it one arm. That's going to be tough. I'm learning. We're going to have to get you a helper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning how to do a lot of stuff one armed. <laughs> that left arm's going to be uh, mean. Mean. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Um, anything else? You know, I thought you had a recipe. You have a recipe called bacon wrap. Uh, you have a bacon wrap shrimp recipe. Yeah, it's that would be really good for a holiday party. It's really good. It's really good. They do this sweet Thai chili sauce. Is that the one Mm -hmm. with the little sauce that goes on it and glaze it? That's an excellent one. I'm just trying to think. I'm thinking. Yeah, those. But see, those don't count as holiday to me. I consider them breakfast. Yeah, but they're holiday breakfast. Yeah, wintertime. Like, as soon as it starts getting frosty, like right now, sausage balls, sausage balls, sausage balls. <laughs> Those are one of my favorite things. I, you know which ones are good? Just the old frozen uh, Tennessee Pride makes them that we sell here around in our area. And they're, I mean, they're heavier on sausage than they are cheese, I guess because it's a sausage company, yeah. but they're not too bready. And that's what I like about them. They're really good in a pinch. I'll tell you what, if you got an iron skillet you need to season, cook you some sausage balls in it, man. They, it'll season up an iron skillet good. They, put, they cook out a lot of grease. Yeah. The perfect thing for cooking them is that griddle. It's like a cast iron griddle. It's fine. And it'll hold a bag of them, and it's probably 24 little sausage balls, and you pop them in the oven, and they come out. When they're hot, I'm not crazy about them cold. 
Yeah, I'm but with when you. they first come out of the oven, they are awesome. I mean, I'll eat them cold, but they're, they're best when they're hot. The thing about the cast iron is it actually creates like a little crust. Yeah, on the bottom. On the bottom. And if you get it halfway through, you can flip it and get a crust on both sides. Do you like oh. that flat, crusty part where it's been touching the cast iron? That's the best part. Is it? Do you not? I like it when they're poofy round and the, just the bottom of them's flat. Okay. Have you ever air fried them? I wonder if you could air fry them. Yeah. Um, Shane told it? me to try air uh, frying them, and they were okay. Yeah. But That's cast irons. I did air fry something over, the, over Thanksgiving that I did not know you could air fry. So talk about that. So. I ordered these pork rind pellets, which are, they're, they're pork, meat skins or pork skins. And it's dehydrated pork skin. And you fry them. You've probably seen them like at the fair or people cooking them in big kettles. You, yeah. You when you them. go to any place and people are cooking bags of pork yeah. rinds. Fresh pork. And they're so much they're better than buying the ones at the convenience store or grocery store. They don't even what, come close. What do they look like? Explain. It's a little rectangle of port skin. It looks it's like hard. And yeah, dark. super hard. Almost like a rock. You can't. Yeah. I mean, you can't hardly break them. But I guess they like somehow they render down all the fat and they dehydrate them and the bowl, I guess they boil them and then they dry them and they dehydrate them and they cut them and it makes these little chips of port dehydrated port skin. And then when you pop them by putting them in hot grease. They expand and blow up, and they're sizzling, and they're Almost crispy. Yeah, it takes about a minute is all it takes. You can only cook like a handful of them at a time because it'll just they'll blow you know up in your fryer. So a buddy of mine, Charles, told me that you could do them in the air fryer, and I said, no way. You cannot cook these things, and they be halfway as good because I've seen no microwave ones. Yeah. You know, and they're yeah. not good. I've bought them. They suck. I put one in Michael's stocking. Yeah. They're last horrible. Year. Yeah. And I was like, that's what this is going to be like. Charles is crazy. He said, no, man. There's like 350. First, he told me like 400 for eight minutes. And then I said, I bet I'm going to try them. So they're any good. And so as I was putting mine in there, he's like, scratch that. 350 for seven minutes. And it was like 350. It's perfect at 350 for four and a half to five minutes. Was he actively working Yeah, he was doing it while I was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and we were texting back and forth. And so I popped my first batch and I put a few to me in there. Them things blow up in that air fryer. <laughs> you got to preheat your air fryer a little bit. Throw them in there. And there's no oil. They got to be better for you, right? Because yep. they're not in the oil. It's just no carbs. I mean, it's pork fat. I'm sure the fat content is probably bad. Oh, it's good for you. Yeah. It's got to be better than chips. Better than Cheetos. Yeah. But anyway, they blow up and do everything they're supposed to in the air fryer. But if you put too many, it'll blow them up into the top of it. And I have one catch on fire. It's probably not recommended by the air fryer at all. Ninja does not recommend that. That one stunk. That one stunk up yeah. the house. Oh, yeah. It was burning up. I was like, what's that? Man, this ain't right. And I looked and it was just up in there on fire. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so I had to get some tongs and get it out. So I got my ratio down of how many to put in the little pot. So what's your time and temps? It was like five minutes at four and a half, five minutes at 350. And that's it. That's it. And you have fresh pork skins. And you can cook, you know, space them out in the basket. And you can probably put, I don't know, a dozen in there. So, I mean, it's a. Depending on your basket. Yeah. I did, and I did, I don't know, I did a pan full in a matter of, you know, a few minutes. It didn't take too long. And seasonable with AP, as soon as they come out, I was like, man. That's my favorite way. It is so much. It's it's easy because a lot of times if I'm frying them, I'm going to make a bunch and bag them up. But if you just want a little snack, a little pork rind snack or something, and you're not going to eat that much, or you're cooking them just for you or a couple people, that's an easy way to do it. Try them. They're not as good as the deep fried ones, I would say. Like, they don't have that flavor. Yeah, you don't get that peanut flavor. You don't get <laughs> peanut that peanut oil, oil flavor. flavor. But they're pretty good. Like, I fried some at camp last weekend. Man, season them as soon as they come out of that hot grease, and it's, oh, they're so good. Y'all do all kinds of seasoning on them, but my favorite is either just plain. I don't know. I guess they're just such good quality, and the oil's good quality, but my favorite is plain or the AP. Yeah. Like, they're, real simple. They're really good. You'll do some with hot rub that y'all really like. If I ever lose my barbecue job, you're going to see me on the side of the road selling meat skins, bagging them up. Just, going to know, fairs. Yeah, just bagging them up and selling them. Got you a big old. Uh, seasoned seasoned got, meat skins. Got you a big old paddle. Yeah, stirring them. Cast iron. Yeah, like kettle corn, so it's meat skin. <laughs> Do you eat them? Talk, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that, I just edited that video for Buck Junkies, and it okay. looked really, really good. So, yeah, you're, you're going to release it sometime? Yeah, yeah, it should be releasing next week. Probably on TikTok on Buck Junkies, right? You got it. That's something to look forward to. You know what's good with them? What? Pimento cheese. Oh, I love it. Use them as a cracker. You put pimento cheese and a little sm- little country please and smoked sausage on top. Oh, man. It's got to be homemade pimento cheese 
and the to make it like the absolute best homemade pimento and cheese and those fresh fried pork rinds. Yep. Throw a little jalapeno or spicy pickle in the mix. It's a heck of an appetizer. I don't know if you can pull those off for a holiday party. Yeah. Be kind of hard. That's not really a holiday party fade. We kind of got off that. Yeah. I had a list of fade. Oh, for holiday. We got yeah. plenty of time. We got another podcast, right? How many more podcasts are we doing before? It, uh, two. Two more. And it'll be, we'll be wrapping 23. Yeah. Man, this year flew by. Are you going to smoke any cheese this year? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. I'm definitely going to do summer sauces and stuff. And that's a perfect time to do cheese because you keep the temp so low. What what temperature do you smoke um, summer sausage in? You started out at like 140 and you step it up to like 150 and then finish it at like 160. Okay. So For how long? Um, it just till the internal temperature gets to one sixty. What's the ballpark of that? <laughs> I don't know, four or five hours <laughs> okay. usually, something like that. Cheese usually don't take that long. That's what I was. Yeah. That's what I was asking. How long does cheese usually take? Like an mm, hour or two? Yeah, a couple hours. You're just trying to get some smoke flavor in it, real low. I don't do it for a long time. If you get too hot, it'll melt the cheese. So it's and then really, I only do it in the cold weather. But it makes really good Christmas presents because mm-hmm. you can wrap it up. You know. Once you kind of bloom it, you need to put it in the refrigerator, wrap it up tight in plastic wrap, and just let it sit and let that smoke flavor kind of develop. You is that what it's yeah. called, blooming? I, that's what I, I don't know, official term, <laughs> okay. but I threw that in there. <laughs> you do bloom your sausage, like when it gets through, and you let it kind of hang out. But yeah, that's that's what I do. And I wrap it up, and then you could vacuum seal it and put a bow on it and give give somebody a smoked cheese assortment for Christmas. I love, I like giving food as gifts like hey, that yeah. that people like. I like getting food yeah. as gifts like that. Some, that summer sausage makes really good gifts. The The best one's probably the Christmas ham. Yeah. A, I mean, who wouldn't like a Christmas ham as a gift? I know I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mal, that's about all I have for us today. All right. Well, Michelle, uh, Tyler, you want, we got anything going oh, on? The community yeah, yeah we're sure? in a contest right now. Jump yeah, so we have a Christmas contest going on in the community right now. So if you want to head on over to facebook.com forward slash group forward slash H2Q community. And there's a pin post at the top from How to Barbecue, right? And pretty much this will go till Monday, December 11th. Uh, you have till 8.59 Central Standard Time at AM, that is. And all you have to do is post your favorites, like, the best holiday dish that you make. So that can be a main dish. That could be prime rib, brisket. That could be hash brown casserole. I've seen a lot of prime rib. Oh, yeah. Lots of prime rib. Yeah. I think there's already tons of comments on there. And then once you post your comment, you want people to vote for yours. So try to get the most appealing picture or video that you have of it. And then y'all can, I mean, a cheat way to do it is to invite your family and friends in the group and have <laughs> them vote on your stuff. Uh, but then also go down and vote for the other ones that you think look really good. Uh, and then first place, we'll get a $250 How to Barbecue Right gift card. Second place, $200. Third place is... $100. Uh, $100, thank you. And then uh, fourth through 10th place, we'll get a $25. It's big money this time. Big money. Awesome. We're, We're wrapping it with a... Uh, yeah, when, will will, will I get it before Christmas? What's what, a gift card? What's, when's the when's the date? We just said all this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they'll get I was like, listening to all the details of that. Usually, it was the 11th. Yeah, it's well, the eleventh. Yeah. It's an e gift card, so we'll get those emailed over, and hopefully, you'll get some of your packages in time for the big yeah. so. so you can use it at any time. You can save it for spring and use it. Yeah. You can use it for Christmas. But yeah. yeah, y'all go enter that and vote for some of your favorites down in the comments. If you're not going to be in it, yeah. Sure. If you and if you hadn't been over and visited the community, go check it out and give it a give it a like because there's a lot of good uh, good info in there, and people post stuff all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of good information and a lot of good inspiration too. Yeah. Like that Christmas tree charcuterie board. I want to see some people do that. I bet you we can do some nail that's on that. <laughs> I kind of want to do that. I think we need some instructions on how to do it. Yeah, I need to watch a YouTube yeah. video or something. And then make a YouTube that video. That would be a challenge. Like buy all this stuff and then have everybody at the office try to try to bake one and take pictures of it. You got so long. <laughs> These are the ingredients you pull from. You got to duplicate this right here. Go. You got 30 minutes. And then we all just eat everybody's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it just strictly appearance? Contest, yeah, pretty much. I mean, all the ingredients could be the same, it ain't like you can do anything to them. It's not like you're gonna cook stuff and put on it. That's a good idea. That's a fun little party game. Yeah, make that, duplicate that. Don't tell them how to do it, just have some stuff there. Figure it out. Yeah, Mark would be cheating, <laughs> he'd be googling <laughs> it. Hey, I'm gonna be on uh, talking with Greg Rimpy to this coming Tuesday night. Uh, first, it's the first Tuesday. December on the Barbecue Central show, and I'm sure we'll be talking. He'll be asking questions about the Memphis thing, which oh yeah, 
you know, all I can do is say what I mean, what I think it's going to be. Hopefully, yeah. it'll be it'll it'll help it. <laughs> well, tell them where they can find us, Shell. If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. Tyler. You can find me on. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> you can Tyler find him Car- in the community. Yeah, Tyler Caravallo on the community. That's, That's where you fine. can find me at. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all listening today. We will be back next week for another episode. We gone.